topic of Fertnia this Fertnia Dermatog this Fertnia evening is patience. Patience in the Bani scriptural language known as Kanti. In Sanskrit as Kshanti. Now, this certain particular mental quality is certainly relevant and has a connection to loving-kindness and certain on last Sunday Marcia gave a talk on loving-kindness meta. Now both of certain those certain qualities, namely patience as well as certain loving-kindness, are forms of wholesome, positive mental factors that certainly come under the manifestation of the mental factor, the wholesome mental factor of non-hatred, adosa. And then some manifestation is as agreeableness. So agreeableness certainly then usually comprises of fundamental virtues such as loving-kindness, such as gentleness, friendliness, and patience. The characteristic of this non-hatred in the Pali scriptural language is a lack of ferocity or um, a lack of ferocity and then its function is twofold, namely as removal of annoyance as well as removal of fever, mental fever. And certainly the manifestation is as given, namely agreeableness. Now, in the course of this talk on patience, will cover the first its certain nature. So, what exactly is meant by the patience? And this is actually not certainly so easy to do. And certainly, once this has been clarified, then we shall go on to look at patience in the practice. So cases when uh, patience uh, is certainly uh, required, this uh, will be uh, followed by various reflections that might help uh, to bring about certain uh, patience, and uh, then uh, finally a few uh, stories from the time of the Buddha that certainly uh, then exemplify patience. So patience as certainly exercised by the Buddha. And then at the very end there is a short section on the Vipachitti Sutta, a discourse from the Samyutta Nikaya that Satna then speaks about or clarifies 
the qualities of patients and uh, clarifies that patience is not the same thing as weakness or acting out of fear. Patience is to also state this right away a quality that certainly we do need in the meditation practice, yes, and certain otherwise in life, no. Outside of retreat, it's certain impatience uh, will rule. Well, that's not the case. Patience is equally important during intensive practice as well as outside of intensive retreat. Now, in a general manner, we could certainly state that patience is a mental, is a wholesome mental factor that mm, usually mm, arises and strengthens through, arises out of and strengthens through mindfulness meditation. And it could be even described as a quality of someone who has done a fair amount of practice. Now, there are a number of passages in the text that deal with patience, and some of those we shall look at in the course of this Satna discourse. Now, in terms of a distinct or a clear-cut Satna definition of Satna patience, the Dhamma Sangani offers the following, namely, it says this Kanti is forbearance, and with this it is certain of being patient, synonymous term would be endurance, not being truculent, being coherent in speech, and being good-tempered. Now, these qualities or characteristics of uh, patience or synonyms for patience could also be expressed in a different way namely as number one the aspect of the ability of a person to forgive kamanata in the Pali scriptural language. A further aspect or quality of patience comes as enduring or bearing up adiwasanata in the Pali scriptural language, plus achindika, meaning gentleness. And 
when there's certain gentleness, it goes certainly without saying that there's also a freedom from harshness, anasurupo in Nepali. And finally, yet another aspect of patience is contentment of the mind. Now, when we say gentleness, it means the same thing as absence of ferocity, and ferocity yeah, being the characteristic of uh, the unultimate state of anger. Now, absence of bluntness has been suggested as another way of expressing freedom from harshness. In various certain social situations we might at times want to correct something and we might think that we have an important point to make and however we might know that this could be a bit painful for the listeners and then nonetheless we simply say things in a blunt in a harsh manner without regard for the feelings of others and this is not necessary this is not the idea or not part of this mental quality of patience now one of the uh, aspects of patience, as mentioned, I mean, the second one is said uh, to endure or endurance. And this particular aspect in one of uh, the Jatakas in the third volume of the Jataka gets suddenly explained as the psychological ability of a person not to become angered when one is reviled, beaten, and slandered by others. So not to, not to allow anger to arise, which would be the normal reaction for those who do not pay much attention to the development of the mind. Now, this particular aspect of patience, namely this aspect of endurance, does get mentioned in other passages of the text. Now, this aspect of endurance is also said to be one of the qualities, the ideal qualities of a righteous ruler. So even though a righteous ruler of a country might be attacked in various ways, 
and uh, you know, there's no shortage of uh, you know, no shortage of ways of uh, you know, doing you know, this. Yet you know, the ruler you know, does not lose his or her you know, temper. Now, the commentary to the Charya Pitaka has or contains a definition of this mental factor of patience in the classical fourfold way, and it then says that the characteristic of patience is acceptance and its function is to endure the desirable as well as the undesirable and this function is very important for us in our meditation practice so we cannot choose to have non-stop only desirable experiences in life in general it cannot certainly or it would be unrealistic to you think that certain one will have desirable pleasurable experiences all the time now its manifestation, manifestation of patience, is as tolerance or as non-opposing. And non-opposing being, to mention this, the second characteristic of Adosa, non-hatred. The first one being a lack of ferocity. Now, the proximate cause, or the nearest cause for the arising of patience, is certainly given as seeing things as they really are. So, to see things according to uh, reality. Now, loving kindness and certain patience are you know, somewhat. Uh, uh, related or somewhat close you know, to you know, one another, but certainly yet not quite the same. And it is loving kindness that covers a far wider you know, range, you know, namely the wish for the welfare and happiness of beings, whereas certainly in the case of patients, it is enduring the ability to endure various kinds of provocation and certainly to remain calm without certain anger. Now, an important aspect of patience gets revealed when it comes to the form of patience as a perfection, a so-called parami, so quality to be developed. Now, 
the main rational here as of patience as a perfection is to simply see that we live in an imperfect world and that we deal with uh, imperfect people. Obviously, there's always the ideal for ourselves as uh, for others to be perfect. Someone sometimes we might think we get someone close to it, but and for others they may seem perfect, or some may seem perfect for a while, and then sooner or later we find out this or that flaw, and then we see that their failings, their shortcomings, and thus it's time to practice then patience with regard to their imperfections. Now, this is an important aspect, especially from, especially when we live in or outside of retreat in society. So we do have to then relate or interact with others. So on occasion, that idea or that expectation of others to be perfect might come up. And certainly then it's important to see this certain expectation and certainly simply to let go of it. And when one does see the failing, the shortcoming, the imperfection of another being, just to recognize, well, that's the way it is in life, and not to get upset because of this. Now, apart from the Buddha, there's probably no one who would qualify as told as being totally perfect in every sense. Or would you have an example? Yes? No? No. During intensive practice, as well as certainly in life itself, there will be plenty of occasions plenty of opportunities for us to practice and develop our patience. Now, one area that certainly tends to easily incite a conflict or can easily lead to some misunderstanding is the area of speech, of communication among human beings. Now, even though we have a mouth, 
and we have a mind to think with, yet it happens time and again that we say things that later on we regret. And so, you know, things that uh, are, clear, or are clearly insulting or denigrating or clearly hurting the feelings of another person or in way in our way of verbal communication we could make it really clear to another person that we have no respect for him or her now this too will then or might certainly then lead to some strong objections now, the Buddha has the following really valuable advice to give when it comes to communication. Now, and to think of communication, not just one occasion of communication, but think of it as, the th as thousands and thousands of times of communication that, that have occurred so far up to now and that will occur until you know, the time that comes to you know, move on. Now, in the 21st uh, Discourse of the Majjhima Nikaya, paragraph you know, 11, you know, the Buddha uh, states as follows. There are these five courses of speech that others may use when they address you. Their speech may be timely or untimely, true or untrue, gentle or harsh, connected with good or with harm, spoken with a mind of loving-kindness or with inner hate. When others address you, their speech may be timely or untimely, and so on and so forth. So in the course of a lifetime, we will not be able to choose how others are going to talk to us. Some will be maybe cultured, will be mindful, choose their words really carefully, and will avoid anything that might suddenly hurt suddenly your feelings, but not everyone is like this. And once in a while, you might come across someone who either deliberately or unintentionally says something that hurts you, that really deeply hurts suddenly your feelings and strong emotions well up. So to simply consider that both agreeable speech and unagreeable that we will have to put up with the speech of others that is agreeable at times and at other times not. Now
regard to this certain particular passage, there's certain more, or there's more than could be said. Our own speech could at times be timely or untimely, could be true or not true, could be gentle or harsh, connected with good or with harm, and spoken with a mind of loving-kindness or with inner hate. Now, during an intensive mindfulness retreat, most of our attention goes you know, towards certain observing objects as they occur in the body and certain in the mind, and this is done you know, silently, so you know, we do not communicate that much, except for you know, maybe the interviews and uh, uh, occasions when we need certain something. Which means we you know, don't certainly have certainly much opportunity to practice mindfulness in speaking. However, we might certainly nonetheless you know, take you know, these can or these aspects that the Buddha are speaking about mm, with us and certainly then apply them to our everyday communications, mindful communications, which means before we actually say something, so an intention to say something arises, then it would be time to be mindful of this and then to briefly check whether what one is intending to say is beneficial or not purposeful, has a purpose or a proper purpose or not, and whether it's suitable or not. So if we find that something is beneficial yet not suitable, then it might be better not to say uh, what uh, is on our tongue. So that's certainly one aspect. Now, the aspect of timing what we want to say is a really important aspect. The Venerable Upanita, Mimams of Burma, is a great master in perfectly timing his communications. And when someone is upset, he, and however he will he wants to communicate certain something to this person he will simply just not uh, say what needs to be said but when that same person is in a different you know, state of mind and quite certain balanced then uh, he will say whatever needs to be said so do, if you're not doing it already, do pay attention to this timing aspect all in you know, communication. Now, also, you know, whether you know, something that we're going to you know, say is you know, true or not. Now, among you know, retreatants, we find that if at first, 
not too much attention is being paid to, to you know, this aspect. Yet, with an intensification or with a deepening of our you know, mindfulness practice and our mindfulness you know, improving, we become more aware of the subtleties of what we're going to say. And whether something is really true or not, whether something is fully true or it may be just uh, a half truth. And so, now then during interviews, on occasion it might certainly happen that certain retreat and it makes a certain statement about this or that object and certainly then, mm, and then the interview ends and the following the interview that you know, retreat and retreat and comes and says oh may I clarify what I said last time wasn't quite a hundred percent certainly true so that certainly gives you an idea of how over time Mm, our uh, sense for truthfulness in uh, speech uh, improves. So before uh, we uh, say uh, something that uh, might uh, uh, might have a negative impact or not, we should simply check whether it's going to be gentle speech or harsh speech. If it's clearly harsh speech, and there's no benefit to it, it's not certainly suitable, then for sure it's best not to engage in it. Now, as a parent, when we see our kids making a mistake, and the mistake basically hurts the you know, the children, then, so let's say certain uh, uh, no, no, a bit rough uh, behavior or so, you know, then the parents do you know, need to bring it up, yet with a wholesome intention, not to harm the child, but rather for you know, the good of uh, the child. Again, we want to check whether what we're going to say is certainly occurring with loving, with a, or coming out of a mind of loving kindness or out of inner hate. So if it's certainly out of anger, then obviously not to proceed to leave what was intended to be said, to leave that unsaid. Now, the Buddha recommends that if to go back to this certain passage, if at times we get spoken to in an inappropriate way through harsh language and out of a motivation of inner hate, then not to get upset, not to get angry with this, but rather to simply endure it and not certainly to say anything in return. Now, sometimes certainly we, or some of us, have certainly deeply instilled 
you know, the notion in you know, the mind, others need to be you know, patient with you know, me and my you know, shortcomings, but uh, um, no need for me to be patient with their shortcomings. Now, in this certain regard, the Venerable Saidu Pandita Bhimams of Burma is suggested or has coined a phrase saying, let it be such that one shall have patience with others and not others shall have patience with oneself. So, not certain to intentionally test others' patience. So to ensure that certain one's own behavior is certain flawless. Now, when it comes to patience in our own meditation practice, just like in interacting with others in communication, at times we have to hear words that might not be to our liking, that are not soothing and pleasing to the ears, and at other times words could be quite pleasing. In the same you know, way, when we do you know, the practice, at times we come across experiences that are you know, desirable, and at other times we will come across certain experiences, you know, experiences that are undesirable, be those physical or mental phenomena. And the message here is be patient. Now, Be also patient with, let's say, the failings of your uh, fellow retreatants, and you might certainly also want certainly to uh, be patient with the advice on occasion given by a teacher. So if a teacher says something that uh, might uh, not necessarily be to your liking, or maybe there's a word in there you know, that you have uh, difficulty with, then please don't uh, right away uh, start attacking the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Our life as teachers is not certainly easy. <laughs> now, but knowing, knowing what's or the unfolding of you know, the practice, knowing some of the experiences that are you know, likely to arise among you know, the retreatants, 
But it is with patience that a teacher then can put up with such attacks. Now, if we have patience on both sides, the yogi's side and the teacher's side, then there shouldn't be a problem. Now, we need patience with regard to so many things. If you think of Fatna, our retreat here, if you think of Fatna the last Fatna two weeks, during the first Fatna couple of, or during more or less the entire first Fatna week, we had Fatna wonderful weather. Sunny, bright, Fatna warm weather. And then things Fatna changed, and Fatna now lately it's a bit colder and Fatna more. Uh, windy. Now, there's just no way that we can influence the weather and make it uh, or engineer it in such a way that it will be to our liking. So, what is certainly required is really patience. Now, as briefly outlined or briefly stated at the outset of Fatna the talk, even if Fatna our even when we start with our practice, and even if Fatna we tend to be of a rather impatient nature, yet practice itself. So thousands and thousands of times observing the rising falling movement of the abdomen and all those many other objects will gradually make out of us impatient beings rather patient beings. So a general development can be described namely from impatience gradually going to uh, more and more patience. And certainly this development of an increasing patience in our meditation practice will then have or might have some immediate benefits once the retreat is over and certainly we go back into our normal life and suddenly then when we have to face the imperfections or the well the uh, the failings imperfections of others now in the course of uh, an intensive retreat, we're likely to come across difficult bodily formations many times, your famous pains and aches and uh, stiffness and hardness and heat and cold and so on. And so much more challenging are actually you know, the unwholesome mental states. And it is with regard to both difficult bodily formations as well as you know, difficult mental new formations that we do need plenty of patience. Now, 
generally speaking, it could be stated that those certain retreatants who tend to be a bit on the impatient side and who are really eager you know, to have certain big you know, or quick progress in you know, the practice will you know, gain the Dhamma really quickly? Not really. So, the quality that very much is certainly required uh, in our meditation practice is indeed patience. The Burmese have a saying for this, Seishema Niban Yaute, which means only when the mind is certainly patient, only when patience is certainly there, will one gain Nibbana. So next time around, when some challenge arises in your practice, then why not certainly decide to just be patient uh, with it. And certainly to uh, maybe remind uh, yourself uh, of the fact that this particular uh, phenomenon uh, is not going to be around forever. Now, once you deeply uh, realize certainly this, then there should, uh, really shouldn't be a problem. Patience is certainly needed in both the Vipassana meditation practice as well as certainly Samatha meditation. Now, in the context of loving kindness meditation, intensive meta jhana or intensive meta jhana meditation or practice it is certainly recommended in the vis or the visuddhimagga recommends that before one starts certain practicing one first reflect on the disadvantages of anger and the main disadvantage here of really intense raging anger in the worst case would be well violence yes one might even you know, violence might go as far as killing another you know, be living uh, being so there's not much good that comes out of that so having seen the disadvantages of Fatna hatred, then the Visuddhimagga recommends that one go on, reflect on the advantage of Fatna patience as is described in the texts uh, in uh, different certain uh, ways, such as in uh, Dhammapada verse 184, uh, the best moral practice is uh, patience and forbearance. The Diga Nikaya says, no nibana, there's no Nibbana higher than 
forbearance. The Samyutta Nikaya in the one passage in the first volume, this says there is no greater or no greater thing exists than patience. So patience is a quality that is being extolled in the text on many occasions. Now, if you happen to be a thoroughly impatient certain person, and this certainly would not be surprising in our society, could we keep that for later on? Yeah, yeah please. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, if we do want to tackle this impatience, then the author of the Charya Pitaka, namely Acharya Dhammapala, has some really good advice to give. Namely, he gives a number, at least 20, 30 different reflections that might help to bring about some patience. Now, one of those certain reflections concerns the monastics, namely that patience is the strength of the recluses and Brahmins. Now, just imagine you were to live and you would have to observe, let's say, 227 monastic for as for for the monks, or over 300 monastic vows for the Buddhist Nana Bikuni, or I've been told in the Jewish tradition there are over 600 rules that certain of the followers are expected to you know, observe. Now, if you find yourself in you know, something like you know, this, you know, then there's so many things that you cannot certainly do. So let's say in, you know, in Israel, on you know, Saturday is your? Yes. Sabbath. Sabbath day. And on the Sabbath day, you're not supposed to uh, use any electricity. So, which means you can't watch TV, and uh, you can't listen to the news, and uh, you might not be able to use your computer, and so on and so forth. Now, if you happen to uh, then live in such a context, uh, then the one of the ways of dealing with it is simply patience. Just to uh, accept things as they are, you know, to endure and not to oppose. And you know, over time, this quality of patience you know, then gradually gets stronger and stronger. Now, another you know, helpful you know, reflection on the patience is as follows. Those who lack patience, 
patients are afflicted in this world and apply themselves to actions which will lead to their affliction in the life to come. So in other words, those who are impatient will then have to face the negative consequences not only of, of their actions, not only in this sudden ever existence, but sadna also they'll have to face the karmic results of their uh, unwholesome actions in uh, the future. So there um, is not much good that comes out of impatience. Now, if you happen you know, to be challenged by you know, someone time and again, someone who uh, really drives you to you know, your you know, limits and uh, you're really close to you know, exploding, well, then simply reflect like this. This, if there were in this world no wrongdoer, no person to challenge you, how could you accomplish the perfection of patience? So see the person who is challenging you as a benefactor, as someone who helps you to develop patience. If you were to live in a world where everyone is just friendly to you, how are you going to ever learn patience? Or Acharya Dhammapada recommends see others as your children. And why should one get angry over the misdeeds done out of ignorance by one's own children? Now also, when some conflict has arisen, it's important not to get lost in this finger pointing, always pointing the fingers at or the finger at certain others, but also to see one's own contribution to this certain situation, and then to make necessary amends. Now, these are just some of the reflections stated by Acharya Dhammapala. Many years ago, there was an article in the inquiring mind, and I think it was on, and it was on, on patience, and a really neat reflection was Sapna recommended there. If you're totally upset about something that is happening right now, and something that seems so important, simply think of yourself or think of the situation um, in 250 years. So 250 years down you know, the road, and then you look back at suddenly this you know, big issue that you're facing right now, and so 250 years from now, you know, this big issue that you're facing now will 
still appear big or not? It will probably appear as certainly some minor negligible uh, issue. So that would be one way of dealing with it. Now, since the mental virtue or mental quality of patients is an aspect of non-hatred of ados, and Satna Adosa is the opposite Satna to Nadosa, namely hatred, Satna ill will, anger, grudge, and so on. There is, if we take patients really seriously, there is no reason to get angry. No reason whatsoever in the world. Now, sometimes we might uh, you know, think that our anger is justified, but ultimately there is no justification for anger uh, whatsoever. Acting out of anger in the end will be or will bring harm to oneself as well as to others and to both oneself and others. Now, on one occasion, it was Satna Devadatta, the cousin of Satna the Buddha, who held a strong grudge against Satna the Buddha, and he convinced the tamer of an elephant, the owner of an elephant, to get Satna the elephant Nalagiri intoxicated and Satna then let Satna that intoxicated elephant charge uh, towards the Buddha. So it, it actually happened Satna that way. One day the Buddha came along and all of a sudden he found himself facing this certain fierce and highly intoxicated elephant Nalagiri. And it is in this situation that the Buddha used his ability of radiating strong loving-kindness, and he radiated loving-kindness to the charging elephant Nalagiri, and the elephant came to a stop, not only this, but even bowed down or kneeled, kneeled down in front of the Buddha. So it was with loving-kindness that Satna the Buddha 
mastered this certain situation and it was with patience that he did not lose his temper, did not get angry with his cousin Dewadatta. On one occasion, Devadanta tried to destroy the life of, of the Buddha's Satna life by rolling a huge Shatna boulder from uh, the peak of a mountain down the slope onto the road where the Buddha just came walking along. Fortunately, the Buddha managed to uh, not get Satna hit Satna or to uh, avoid Satna the boulder, yet mm, his foot was hurt by uh, a splinter which Satna then led Satna his foot to bleed profusely. Again, any other person would probably get angry with Satna Devadatta, not so uh, the Buddha. There are other you know, such cases you know, when heretics who were envious of uh, you know, the you know, Buddha and uh, his success, his great number of Fatna disciples, who you know, those heretics you know, who you know, then you know, try to simulate certain situation where a woman was suddenly hired and she was then told you just hang around to where the Buddha and his disciples are residing and then giving the impression that you're close visitor and close to the Buddha, close to the monastics and sometime later this sudden woman then was suddenly murdered and then the heretics went around accusing, falsely accusing the Buddha of sudden murder. Now in all of these cases the Buddha remained pretty patient. On one such occasion, when the heretics Satna were trying to give him a hard time, and Satna were going around and falsely accusing the Buddha in town for seven days, it was Elder Ananda who approached the Buddha and said, Come on, let's go somewhere else. This is not a good place to be at. And what do you think the Buddha's response was? Did he say, okay, no, yes, I agree, let's go somewhere else and we'll have peace of mind? Not at all. He denied or refused Ananda's request and said, let us stay here and the whole thing will be over. So a case again of patience. Now, the Samyutta Nikaya contains the so-called Vipachiti Sutta, the discourse on Vipachiti, the king of the Asuras, 
and certainly this discourse is about a battle that apparently uh, took place certainly uh, between uh, the uh, devas and uh, uh, the, the asuras uh, uh, the devas uh, being uh, led uh, by uh, lord saka now um, a big uh, battle um, unfolded and uh, eventually you know, the day was certainly uh, one or word uh, victorious and uh, then captured Wepachiti, you know, the king of the Asuras, and imprisoned him. One uh, day, so the story uh, goes, uh, then Saka, the lord of Fatna, uh, the day was, went to visit the prison where uh, Wepachiti was locked up. And Immediately upon entering the prison cell, Wepachiti then uh, abused, reviled uh, um, Lord Saka with rude, harsh, and uh, rude and harsh words. Now, Saka did not respond in any way, did not show the slightest degree of anger. After this whole event was over, it was the Saka's charioteer who had witnessed what had gone on and who then had some questions, had some doubts. And so he then questioned Saka about Satna, the usefulness of Satna patients. And he questioned Satna, and Satna, he basically was saying, well, this patient of yours is just a sign of fear, or you know, differently, a sign of weakness. Now, to this, Saka you know, then responded, very nicely. It is neither through fear nor weakness that I am patient with Wepachiti. How can a wise person like me engage in combat with a fool? Of goals that culminate in one's own good, none is found better than patience. One who repays an angry man or woman with anger, one wins a battle hard to uh, win. One who you know, repays an angry man with anger, one you know, wins a battle hard to win. He practices for the welfare of both one's own and the others when knowing that one's foe is angry and mindfully maintains his or her peace. When one achieves the cure of both one's own and the others, the people who consider him a fool are unskilled in the Dhamma. 
So patience is, is certainly then, in the words of Saka, not a sign of fear, not a sign of weakness, but rather it comes out of a mind that is well-developed, the mind that is filled with wholesome states, and you know, that certainly then is a mental quality that certainly leads to you know, the benefit of both that helps you know, to um, calm you know, down or to appease the anger of you know, the enemy. So if one can see that one's enemy is angry and one knows that this anger will not be good for you know, one's uh, enemy, nor for oneself, then you know, simply you know, to, you know, to take a more uh, a wiser approach and certainly then thinking for the benefit of you know, the enemy as well as for you know, one's own, one you know, simply responds with patience. So this is a much you know, more mature form of dealing with a challenging situation. Now, Dhammapada verse 399 states the following, and we're coming to an end. Him or her I call a Brahmana, who without anger endures abuse, beating and being bound, to whom the strength of patience is like the strength of an army. Now, in the Mangala the Sutta, the discourse on blessings, patience is certainly mentioned as certainly one quality, so patience, gentleness, meeting those who have calmed you know, the mental defilements and discussing you know, the Dhamma on suitable uh, occasion, this is the highest blessing. So allow me to you know, conclude today's Satna Dhamma talk by you know, wishing may you, know, you, you know, see the see and appreciate you know, the benefits of fitna patience and certainly may you, know, you have plenty of opportunities to further you know, and or to develop patience to further deepen you know, your patience and ultimately may patience lead you all the way to nibbana within this certain very retreat here and this is it Jim, what was your point?
rising and falling the abdomen. But more and more I begin to see that, uh, that, that what the practice engenders is, uh, is a second object of the meditation, namely the stance of my meditative practice. So I'm not looking just at the object, I'm looking at the way I'm looking at the object. Who, how am I approaching the exercise? So there are two objects here. That's fine, sure. The attitude with which you observe. And, uh, and that more and more it seems as I listen to the talk that uh, the most important part of the practice is the meditator himself or herself. Um, what's the quality that I'm bringing to the exercise of observing this vipassana object? And if it's wanting, then that's the object of my practice. So what you're, you know, this, you're adding an important aspect you know, to you know, the talk, namely you know, to you know, also be you know, patient with one's own you know, uh, you know, failings or to be patient uh, you know, with one's uh, attitude towards uh, practice. Uh, yeah. No, that's a well-taken point. Yes, it's good. So to give you a practical illustration for this, if time and again the mind goes off into the future or it goes off into the past and gets um and carried away you know, by you know, thinking, you know, then one might get certain you know, pretty upset about certain you know, this after a while, and in it and certain you know, then mm, one you know, might certainly get upset uh, with this certain you know, particular uh, attitude or this particular pattern of the mind, or it could be just as another example, if one finds that one is you know, pretty goal-oriented or very competitive in one's certain practice, if one sees it time and again, you know, then and one sees this uh, useless pattern, then you know, to be patient with it one more time and one more time, and certainly eventually you know, such a useless pattern will uh, gradually weaken. I know. So, you know, your point is well taken. Patience also towards one's own uh, you know, shortcomings, uh, you know, be those mental qualities or the attitude with which we practice. It's as though the arrow is a double-headed arrow. I'm not just looking at the object. That's it. I'm That's at it. The person Correct. At the sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's in this way you know, too. Uh, that when we look at uh, on occasion uh, at the attitude with which we uh, practice that uh, uh, we can then uh, bring about uh, uh, changes and probably uh, 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 such a uh, uh, not so skillful attitude uh, you know, that we're mindful of during intensive retreat that might certainly uh, uh, then also occur during daily life and so if we can weaken it during intensive retreat we'll also weaken it for daily life and will suffer less. 
Anything else? Well, the second part is probably too hard. <laughs> Not that the first part was easy, but it's the state of the world and patience in, re in regards to, you know, your, your own example uh, that, we, that we share of the state of the environment in Lumbini and, uh, and how, despite our efforts, it continues to deteriorate. Do you mind I if I turn? <laughs> Do you mind if I turn this off? <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.